everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci. And Scott Jans. This is episode 91, Beating the Body's Breakdown. We are now on Patreon.com. If you would love to support Trust the Trail podcast, we would love to have you as a patron. Just check out Patreon.com forward slash Trust the Trail. And starting in January, we're now sharing even more podcasts, more videos for our patrons. We would love for you to be a part of our Patreon community. Plus, you can always receive our podcast before it hits iTunes or any of the other podcatchers and many more benefits. Also, speaking of <laughs> big news. <laughs> We have some cool upcoming events. If you go to Trust the cool Trail. Cool is understated. I know. Really cool. Right? If you go to TrustTheTrailPodcast.com and go to our events page, you can see that we're going to be I'll, going, I'll be in Arizona <laughs> Saturday <laughs> teaching backpacking boot camp and um, in Clarkdale, Arizona. Uh, you may wonder, why Clarkdale? Well, my dad lives in Clarkdale. It's a two-for-one. So <laughs> it's a twofer. <laughs> and, uh, of course, we're going to be on the app at the Appalachian Trail kickoff in March. We have another backpacking boot camp in February. We're all over. And then uh, we're we're hitting the swamp. And we're going to go into the Okefenokee. So check out those events. If you're new to our podcast, uh, thank you for uh, joining in. Uh, my name's Scott. This is Ariane from Trust the Trail Podcast. We're Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we've got a great show. On this episode, we discuss how to effectively prepare ahead of time for your body's natural breakdown after a hike. We address a very specific topic of hiking in colder climates and how to ensure exceptional performance from your body and muscles. We remind you of a piece of gear often overlooked and very important to protect. You might actually know what it is if you are already part of our Facebook group page. You can always join in on those discussions on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and join our podcast family. Do come hang out with us and be part of that community. It is such a fun, interactive, engaging group and it makes our day when everybody posts. So uh, come over and join us. Um, yeah. We are going to try to have a big Trust Trail Facebook group community meetup in Whoa. 2019. It's going to happen. We're going to have to do it. Right. And we have to meet these individuals that started the inspiration from this podcast. So Apology, she has become a regular poster. Thank you. Um, and she actually had quite the adventure for birthday and did a very early sunrise hike very low temps and she said does anybody have any tips for enjoying the cold summit like just chilling out and enjoying it without enduring knee pain um you know it was great for going up but once she stopped sat around for about an hour um she was too cold and very very sore and it was it was almost impossible to get going she said i really like this winter wondering thing so john joined in suggesting hey that's a great podcast recovery after a long hike and we were like that is absolutely. a good absolutely <laughs> <laughs> absolutely why have we never thought of it um and this is of course why the community is so inspiring to us hopefully we inspire you but it's in return very inspiring to us because it does get 
our brain thinking in different ways in which we can bring much more benefit and value to you. Um, so yeah, we couldn't agree more. So here is a podcast all based on recovery of the body after a long hike. And that brought back a lot of memories too, because you know, there were times, well, there's still times. <laughs> yeah, they, they weren't like, that far ago, yeah, <laughs> like, ago in the past. It's like it's never gonna happen again, <laughs> but there have been times that and um, recent. I had, had spontaneously done a long distance trek. When I say long distance, I'm like seven days, nine days. That's kind of a long distance backpacking trip. Uh, it's specifically in the Southeast anyway. Um, and I remember going out there and it's like, you know, you come off the trailhead, right? And you're like, oh my God, you know, this was great. Blah, blah, blah. You do the high five. Oh my God, it was, oh, it was great. And then you get in your car and you're like, oh, where do you live? I live about nine hours away. Okay, well, we'll see you next year. And then you drive the nine hours home. And you can't walk. And you got to fall out of your car. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Stiff mean, as a board. Yeah. I mean, I remember the one time, I think there were tears coming out of my eyes. It hurt yeah you know yeah i mean it's it's a it's a true reality and i i think for let's face it those that are younger probably don't experience it to that degree uh, although it still does affect you um as you begin to age you definitely feel it a little bit more but essentially the core of what we're speaking about holds true in any scenario um some are a little bit more susceptible to it others not so much um mind over matter you could say whatever but essentially the core of what you need to to do to beat the body's natural breakdown i mean it's a given i mean let's look at what happens to your body when you hike hundreds of muscles are in your body i mean hundreds I could be wrong, but I think it's like over 700. That's a lot. It, it's a lot of muscles. Now, you're not using all those muscles. You know, you can do a different activity the next day and you're like, oh, I didn't even know I had muscles in this area. No, no, you know what? <laughs> because uh, you're constantly engaging different parts of your body with different activity. You know what this uh, sports uh, massage guy told me one time? He said, your muscles are like a rubber band in your body. He said, muscles stretch the contract, stretch, contract. He said, really? all of your muscles it's like you're one big rubber band inside your body when it comes to <laughs> muscles i'm like well you know that makes my sense. rubber bands at home break a lot i can I understand why <laughs> i'm so that's not good sore I, tend all to, the time. I tend to push rubber bands to their limit and no, above and i pop them all the he time. was like the best guy in the world like i had some back problems and i went to him and he ended up being like a horse massage person like for racehorses like he knew muscles so well. Horse muscles on humans. Well, he was a person that's, first, I mean, but he wanted, he loved horses. And so he went to school to learn how to, you know, like when they give horses a rub down after race and they look at their legs and they're like, oh yeah, that horse is hurting, you know? I mean, and so that's what he did. But before he did that, he was this uh, back massage guy and nobody could fix my back issue. I went to that guy. Boom, fixed it right up. And he taught me a lot about why I'm so sore when you do a long distance hike or, 
you know, other aspects of your life. And so, yeah, I mean, your body is a fine piece of machinery. That's for sure. To be run with the wild horses on any given day. <laughs> and there goes Scott out of the gate. He's running down the first corner. <laughs> I just have this, like, vision. No, but, I mean, it's, it's very true. And you, you engage these different muscles, and particularly for hiking, because that's a lot of what this podcast is about, hiking and backpacking. Um, you know, you're using your quads, your hamstrings, your calves, your hips, your abs. Your abs is a big one. Um, your glutes really do get a workout. Um, so you're using these muscles and all this simultaneously movement. Like it's all moving in conjunction with each other uh, to create the overall performance of hiking forward. Um, and then you're putting your body through pretty rigorous. Now, flat inclines, declines, whatever it is, um, you're pushing your body, you're pushing your muscles, you know, far and you're, and you're, and you're putting a lot of strain on them. And you may not even think about it because it's just natural for us to move in a forward motion, but then you stop and all this effort just halts, just immediately abrupts. It's like having a conversation and the room is very just you know, everyone's talking amongst each other and then all of a sudden it's dead silence. It's essentially what your muscles are doing. It's like, whoa, I noticed that. What's happening? That's kind of funny because the, the when you said that, you said, yeah, you know, you most most people, you know, you're hiking in a forward motion. Well, some I, people hike backwards. Well, I would say this is that like <laughs> people that have not hiked the Appalachian Trail that are about to hike the Appalachian Trail this year think that. Hey, it's just a forward motion. How hard can it be? One foot in front of the next. One foot in front of the other. <laughs> just don't and fall. People that have hiked the Appalachian Trail say it's all uphill, downhill, uphill, downhill, uphill. And you learn after a while that your body hates the downhills, which is completely contrary to what, you know, logic would tell you. Like your first uphill, if you do the approach trail on Springer, for example, um, it's like, you're already like, what the heck? But that is, that's, that soon becomes kind of like a secondary thought when you finally get up to all your, you know, your, your hills and your summits to like, oh God, <laughs> going down a hill, brace yourself. <laughs> and that's when your body takes the Eating of a lifetime, man. And and so many people forget that. So many, you know, through hikers or when you're prepping for a long distance hike, even the Pacific Crest Trail has, um, you know, the PCT has kind of a, a false sense of um, la-la land in the beginning because you have to put up with heat. You got to put up with, you know, sand, wind, heat. You're very, very exposed um, the first water source, I think, is like in the first 21, 22 miles. And so you're concentrating on that. Um, and it's pretty fun. You're thinking, hey, but then, you know, like, hi, Sierras. How are you? Nice to meet you. <laughs> you know, and then it's like you're not going up, you know, your little 3,000, 4,000 foot gigs. Like on the AT, you're going up to 14,000 feet. And so, you know, but, but. The funny thing about the Pacific Crest Trail is you you are conditioning your body in a much, as far as your body is concerned, in a much smarter way because you're already getting fit. 
you're already hiking and you're doing this cardio every day, every day, every day. And your body is saying, Hey, I think you're, I think you're hiking. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know, but I'm I not quite sure. It's been a few months, but I think, I, we're I think to go. you're going to, I think, I, I think th tomorrow we're going to get up and I go. Think, yeah. I think we're going to go. And so, and that's one of the reasons why the success rate on the PCT is a little bit higher than the AT is because the Appalachian Trail, what do you do? You sign the visitor log at Amicola. You go straight And up. you go straight up. And your body goes, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> what is it? What's this? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I did not sign up for this. I know you've been exercising. <laughs> but it's. But this is a lot of work. And and, and that's another reason why you your appetite is suppressed when you get up there. You know, a lot of people you know, bring all this food, their food bag's very heavy, which is a whole nother podcast, whole nother gig. We're actually gig. gonna talk about it. We are gonna talk a little today. bit about it, but that's one of the reasons why, because your body is in shock and awe <laughs> of what you're doing, and your body doesn't even catch up with your brain. See, you know, like the funny thing is like you could mentally think you're gonna you're gonna through a hike. You can prepare for a through hike. You can buy all the gear you want for your through hike. But you know the last person who knows you're actually through hiking? Your body. Your body. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Wait, what? What am I doing? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> so it's it's a it's 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 a physical gig that your body goes through. Yeah, I mean, I think that it also pertains to day hiking as well, even though it it maybe it starts at a little bit more of a dramatic uh I would say abruptness if you're through hiking, but um, how many of us go about our daily routine not engaging our muscles in the way in which you would hike up to a summit or you know down into a valley or do 12 miles in a day? That's not part of your normal routine. And doing the Stairmaster at Planet Fitness doesn't count. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> but if that's what gives you your psychological boost, go for it. But but then you go out for that adventure moment. You know, you hit the trail and you're like, I'm going to do the summit. I'm going to, you know, see this. I'm going to do a trail that I want to do. I'm going to hike these nine 15 miles, whatever it is, and your body is not accustomed to it. It's not part of your regular routine when you're just day hiking. It's not part of, you know, the, the summit that you hike tomorrow isn't going to be the more flat level ground that you hiked last weekend. So you are automatically putting your body at, oh, I haven't used these muscles in a while. I'm not quite prepared for this. And so we're going to give you five of our own recovery tips in a sense to be able to help you not only recover um, from what is natural in your body to break down after a hike once you stop um, that pause moment but also to help you understand your body a little bit more and that is one of those pieces of gear which we're going to talk here in a little bit using yourself your body as a piece of gear so like we said we're going to get into that and that's something that john he's obviously listened to our podcast before um because he definitely was saying speaking about recovery your number one piece of gear which is yourself let's talk about that and that's that's so important because you know it, ironically that's the last piece of gear and Anybody. your body is a piece of gear 
I mean, I've said this a thousand times. I said it on my YouTube channel. I've said it on this podcast. Your body is your piece of gear. It's your ace in the hole. So while you're spending so much time looking at the lightest weight system, okay, don't forget to learn <laughs> what your body does <laughs> when it's burning 6,000 calories a day and hiker hunger sits in, you know, uh, 100 miles into your hike or 150 miles into your hike or learn what your body does when, you know, you think you've done a really good job at preparing and then you hike, you know, the first 30 miles of a long distance trail. And specifically, you know, and this doesn't make any difference whether you're on the Pacific Crest Trail, the Continental Divide Trail or the Appalachian Trail or any other long distance hike you're going to do, your body needs a minute. Okay, your body needs a minute to to figure out what you're doing. Yes, uh, I genuinely talk to my body and say, hey, you're not that old. You're much younger. I deny my age all the time. But the fact of the matter is I may be telling my body something, but my body is also telling me something in return <laughs> saying, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, so it you need to listen to your body. That's an important. And so your body is such a piece of gear. It's so important to listen to what your body is telling you on the trail because normally it's never wrong. Yeah. So I, I think part of understanding how to utilize your body is first really understanding what is happening and what your body needs so that you can protect it. And, and care for it. So we put together five recovery tips for you. Number one being, what's your rush? Okay, after all, you're out there to enjoy things, right? So what is Nature your rush? being one of them. <laughs> Why are you in such a hurry? Yeah. So slow down. Recovery actually begins well before you reach your destination, whether that's the car, whether that's camp, whether that's the summit, whether that's the crossroads, what I don't, I just threw that in there. It sounded good. <laughs> right, the the crossroads, crossroads of your life. <laughs> when you're coming to the crossroads, crossroads of your life, slow, slow down. down. No, it's actually really good advice. <laughs> I, I feel like I should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> but so, but just, that's so true because, like, when you're doing aerobics or you're doing any kind of, uh, you know, uh, guided exercise, like, you know yoga, aerobics, whatever, spin cycle, whatever that is, the last five minutes of that gig is a cool down. It's, a, it's called a cool down. And exactly. That's what we're talking about here. <laughs> and they don't do that on accident. There's a reason for that. You can see the 80s like right. <laughs> leotards coming out. Okay, now it's time for a cool down, everybody. All right, five, four, three, two, one. But that's what Rocky you're... <laughs> theme song you're playing in your... In your uh... I had like Paula Abdul... What? I don't know. Oh it just went there. <laughs> it went there. Oh, dear So God. whether it's Rocky or Paula Abdul, think about not gonna slowing, borrow your Walkman anymore. slowing it down before you hit your final destination. So um, but, but just lo lower your intensity rate. You know, hike a little slower. Um, be a little bit more rhythmic. Maybe elongate your stride but slow your pace. It gives your body time to actually transition from like an extreme activity to a state of more rest. Yeah, so if you're coming up on a shelter and you know you've got about a mile to go 
um, or half a mile to go, you know, just start slowing it down a little bit. You know, just kind of take your time a little bit. There is no rush. You have nothing. I mean, you know. You might have to fight for a shelter space. But besides that, there's no rush. Unless it's October 12th and you're coming, you're just coming out of a 100-mile wilderness. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to hoof it. But in most cases, you know, that's really the, especially in the beginning of, um, you know, even on the on the Pacific Crest Trail, you know, you're, you're, I mean, your adrenaline can go sometimes. Your, your adrenaline, you can, you can hike easy on a flat surface well over three miles per hour. I mean, like three, even, I don't want to say three and a half miles. That's pretty fast, but you know, you're, you're going. And so when you, when you start coming close to your destination, take it back, you know, take it back a step. Yeah. I mean, what's happening overall is that you're by slowing it down and and becoming more to a state of rest with your body you're actually preventing blood pooling in your lower extremities which causes the inflammation which causes um the cramping which causes you know the ache that you feel um which you don't really feel until you get back up so you're overall cooling your body's temperature at its core um just essentially helping yourself get to that state of rest now it also goes to say what's your rush you know what are you when you're when you're kind of come to that halt moment where you you're finally like i'm so tired i just hiked 20 miles like i'm just gonna sit down Eh, don't it's get up and occasionally start moving during your rest periods and this is something that um that uh, Paula experienced up on the summit herself is, you know, gently keep your muscles in in a state of like minor motion. Even even if you're sitting there watching the sunrise or the sunset or you are in your car, move your body. Don't let it stiffen on you. Move slightly, slightly move it, you know, work your muscles just enough to keep it into that rhythmic motion. Um, and, and you'll find that you actually prepare yourself a little bit more for the, you know, your body's fight against you. Are you talking Paula from our Facebook group? Or yeah, not Paula, Paula Abdul. Abdul. No. <laughs> I'm so I'm embarrassed thinking, that oh I said God, that. I am going to borrow your Walkman. <laughs> she's given some, she's given some rock advice. I don't know. Uh, I'm actually embarrassed that that I'm, came out of my mouth. But... I'm going back and, and watching some of those 80s. <laughs> but vids. you just said Walkman. Who has a Walkman? It's an Well, iPod. in the 80s, wasn't that the Walkman <laughs> in the 80s? Probably not. Wow. We have I think that was the 70s. No, dated ourselves. Yeah, Maybe it was the 70s, the Walkman. All right. Oh, let us know. Comment. Let us know. Moving, the 70s moving the 80s? on to the number two recovery tip. Stretch now to avoid limping like a pirate later. And, of course, that is inspired because we just watched um, a pirate movie. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> just randomly. Side note into an internal look into our lives. Um just kind of something I, I touched on. Last thing you want to do after a long hike. You're tired. You're exhausted. You want to watch that sunrise. You want to just kick back and enjoy camp. Don't. Work out even more than you just did. Well, I think you should watch the sunrise. I think you should watch the sunset. Stretch a little while But do it, it while you're stretching. You know, like this is a really good time, people. 
and to, I mean, if anything helps you on the trail, and I, and I really mean this 100% is yoga. I know that it, it sounds crazy, but that is a great stretching exercise that you can be by yourself. And you know, for guys, you know, like, okay, yoga, maybe, maybe that's not my gig, you know, whatever, but stretch it. You, you can, you can do it while you're talking to people. You can do it while you're being social, just, you know, like do some stretch exercises, you know, I mean, baseball players do it in front of 40,000 fans before every game. They're not embarrassed by it. So just, you know, do some stretching exercises while you're watching the sunset or the sunrise. And that's really super going to help you. Like when you get, if, if you're doing a, uh, a uh, if you're doing a long distance hike and you get to camp on the Pacific Crest Trail or you get to a shelter on the Appalachian Trail, you set up your tent, blah, blah, blah. You're going to want, you're tired. I get it. You're going to want to just crawl into bed, sit in that shelter, sit at the picnic table at the shelter. If you're camp, just crawl in your tent. But that, but I'm going to, I'm telling you, if you can just take 10 minutes and do a really good stretch before you end your day, um, that really, really is going to help you quite a bit. You have to restore your muscles back to the full length in which it started from rubber band. Oh my gosh, it's so true. So for full functionality and to minimize the cramping and the soreness, you have to stretch it. And a lot of people like to do the bouncing stretch, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to like act like I'm stretching, but I'm really just kind of like really bouncing doing the motions. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. <laughs> you know where you where you get into a stretch position and then you just kind of like bob up and down a little bit cuz it hurts? Uh-huh. The like best, you're reaching for the stars stretch the, position. The best, you're focusing on the muscles that you've just used for your day hike, your, your you know, your calves, your hamstrings, your hips, you, you know, do the the hip muscles. Um, you you want to hold the stretch to actually elongate the muscles, and a lot of times that's actually kind of relatively painful for a loose terminology of pain. But you'll hold the muscle, elongate that stretch, and you won't go looking like a pirate on the way down. Well, I think tip too, number two. Well, <laughs> I think too tip. is like you know there are definitely some um, specific stretches, you know, side stretches. You know, um, you know, back so stretchers many. are so important on the AT because you know you're you're carrying that backpack. So we're on the Pacific Crest Trail. You know, you're you're compressing your spine. So and all the vibration and all the ups and downs. And so back stretches, side stretches, stomach stretches, absolutely the key when you're on a long distance hike. So the third tip for recovery is you don't deny yourself what you want. So don't go denying your body what it needs. So this is going to be really important. Your body needs to not only recover physically, but it needs to recover um, and, and absorb certain things. So we're talking specifically about food here. 30 to 45 minutes after an intense exercise, specifically hiking related, your body is going to maximize the absorption of carbs, protein, and water. 
We're going to go into hydration a little bit later, but carbohydrates and protein are most suitable for your muscles and your body to gain all the nutrients it needs from it so that you can turn around and give your body and return what it needs. And this is going to make a huge impact on how your body performs it's called in the muscle, next several hours. It's called muscle recovery. That's really what we're talking about. And can I say it? Is this the, is this the point where I can actually say the cold soaking stuff? <laughs> You've been dying to. Go right ahead. Let's get it out of the way. This is why cold soaking ramen noodles to save weight in some weird way and putting honey on your ramen noodles on a long distance hike. And I've seen so many videos on this. I've seen this posted in so many Facebook groups and people think, Hey man, look at me. I don't have to bring my stove. Well, look at you. You've just, you have just done such a disservice to your body. Yeah. I mean, I proved that cold soaking isn't nutritious. Um, you know, I did a peanut butter and jelly on um, grain bread challenge um, to the person that was doing the cold soaking uh, video. And hands down, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, your muscles are going to whisper to you, thank you. Because that's what you want. You need muscle recovery. And the best way muscles recover is to feed them. Okay? Feed them. And, you know, when you're not in town, and you're doing a long distance hike and you can't get into town or, you know, you're in between towns and, and the PCT is one of them. I mean, you've got some long stretches before town, you know, so it's really super important to feed your muscles the right type of food. They tea and you're, you're you got food all over the place, you know, but it's the right kind of food. Well, this is where they say you've all heard this, you know, not all calories are created equal. And that's so true because your muscles the main fuel for your muscles come from carbohydrates, both before, after hiking. This is what is going to change the game for not only muscle recovery, but also being able to actively put forth the energy that you need um, hours from now, the next day, whatever the case may be. So I am not a nutritionist. I am not an expert in nutrition. I don't claim to be. I know enough to get by. I know enough to be educated on it, but I don't claim to be the end all be all. I think that's really important to put out there because um, there are those that are an expert and we would love to hear your feedback, but essentially carbohydrates Per your body weight, there's a certain level that you need to be able to mix with it to be able to absorb back into your body and protein. So you're looking at you're looking at like protein is beef jerky, hard salami, some nuts without all the sugar added in. Um, carbohydrates, easy, quick, lightweight, normal like day hike, you know. Easy snack food but good for carbohydrates. long energy bars, um, granola, um, you know, the, the grab and go that you can you can easily like just pull out when you're done and, and get some carbohydrates back into your your body afterwards. Um, hiking suppresses your appetite. So regardless of being hungry or not, shove a snack down your throat. 
make sure that you replenish your body the way it needs because it is going to regulate your body temperature and your body temperature is ultimately what is going to revitalize your muscles back into that state of being active again versus inactive. Um, so tip number four, tip your glass to hydration. Yep, we've done, um, so, we've done probably two or three podcasts about how important not only hydration is, but what kind of hydration your body needs. Absolutely. And, and we've talked so much about electrolytes. Uh, throw in a pickle pop. Uh, pickle juice is great, especially for uh, cramping or reduction of cramping. But um, don't forget to hydrate. It is so important to drink water. You're going to supercharge your recovery process and reduce the overall soreness the more you drink. Don't drink too much, but balance that with um, electrolytes. We've talked endlessly about it, but right after your hike, you are going to be dehydrated. You may not think it or feel it or even like the thought doesn't, but just drink water. Drink one cup of water, a sip of water, a few sips of water throughout the night and you're going to recover those muscles back so much more well, rapidly. Here, here's the thing. So, you know, when you think about a long distance hike, when you think about backpacking a long distance trail, even if it's for three months, okay, even if you do half of the Appalachian Trail and half of the Pacific Crest Trail, do you know that you are at the level of a professional athlete? So what do professional athletes do? It's all about their muscle strength. <laughs> all about the muscle strength. Whether you are running the 440, whether you are, you know, whatever, whatever that sport is, whatever that sport is, it's all about eating right. Everything about their lifestyle in professional sports is about eating correctly. That's why they have, you know, electrolytes all over the football field. You know, that's why they have it on the baseball field. It's all about replenishing your body to make sure your muscles are at peak performance. But for some reason, when you're, you know, you're through hiking, on a long distance trail, um, people think, oh, hey, man, yeah, it's cool, man. You know, like, hey, my body, it's freaking out right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wonder why. Well, it's because you're at a pro, you are at pro athlete status. And, you know, not to take anything away from, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, um, it, it's, it's bigger than it is, but you're, look at what your body is doing. You are, you are uh, climbing and descending and all day. And even on a 12-mile backpack trip in the Sierras or in the, in the Rockies or in the southeast through the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, I got news for you. There are probably some athletes that would say, what? <laughs> it's hard. And so your body is going through a tremendous amount of energy. So treat your muscles good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hydration and food are integral parts of it. Uh, so don't don't deny it. You know, tip your glass 
dehydration um, and refuel your body, that is going to be a faster recovery process overall than you can even imagine. Um, so don't go out for that burger and that beer afterwards, you know? No, you should. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm it's just hard saying. not to, though. It's so hard not to. Oh, I do it all the time. I'm yeah. just saying, don't do what I do. And, you know, fuel with the proper well, I think foods. with the burger and the beer, there's a lot of in between to when you get to the restaurant, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. just hydrate. You know, I mean, hydrate, 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 and Eat some uh, ricotta cheese that you've just like <laughs> yeah, right, brought uh, with right, you on the trail. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not happening. But um, so our fifth and final recovery tip is invest in the most useful piece of gear you own, and that is your body and yourself. Yeah, absolutely. We've said it once. We'll say it a million times. Your body is a piece of gear out there, folks. And so, you know, um, Shakespeare said it very uh, clearly, to thine own self be true. And that means know who you are, know what your body does. Um, it, will, um, it will help you reach your goal of a long distance hike to know what exactly your body can do, what it can't do, what it, uh, you know, how it burns energy um and that's that all comes down to you know eating right and and i guess the thing is that we you know we experience it every year we're going to experience it this year too um in march is that we will see those 15 pound food bags um you know in the beginning when we're at the appalachian trail kickoff we'll see those big food bags and what we're here to tell you is that your body's in shock for the first 48 hours. You're lucky if you can get anything down. Um, you know, most of the time you're force feeding yourself yeah. because you're like, oh, my God, I, I brought this, you know, like two person mountain house, you know, chili mac. You know, what do I do? I can't eat. I've only had three spoonfuls. I'm not hungry. What do I do with the rest of the food? Well, guess what? You're packing it out, and now your food bag is even heavier than when you first started. So know what your body does. Know how it, it burns calories, specifically when you are right out the gate, um, like running a race, because it really is almost like your body is just like, even if, even if you're a runner, even if you are, you know, like regular running every day, it's different when you start climbing up a mountain yeah which is exactly kind of what paula experienced which is where this entire podcast kind of came into fruition and and developed from there you know it, addressing particularly cold weather stiffness and muscles um by being inactive in there and so cold what you experienced is normal cold weather truly does affect you you know these are your basic it's a basic understanding of how your body function and what your body needs but cold weather will it loses when you're hiking in cold weather layer up because you're losing a lot more heat and when you lose heat your muscles naturally contract and that's what's causing that tightness and that instant soreness so when you're watching the sunrise for 45 minutes to an hour and then you get back up you're cold you're chilly you, you gotta, haven't you stretched stretch. 
you haven't you know you haven't moved while in that stationary position all of a sudden you can't walk <laughs> and that's not abnormal that is such a normal situation for so many people um and we just did a podcast about winter staying warm in winter and yeah hydration was the key yeah i mean it's one of the keys but it's a, it's a there's there's so many pieces to making full functioning and 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 almost creating an environment in which it's not truly affecting you at that level um so yeah you 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 need to you need to keep moving and that's the cold hard truth of it <laughs> i love it when i make these unintentional puns <laughs> as I, like thinking as <laughs> and that's the cold hard truth <laughs> yeah i mean that's a pretty good one i'm pat myself on the back on that one but um yeah so there it is um backpacking's hard man it it's a strain on your body it it's a wonderful beautiful experience but um to get up off the couch or to get out of your car and say hey i'm gonna go spend three or four days out on the trail and i'm gonna do some mileage i'm gonna do some backpacking um you know again where are you going how long are you gonna be there is weight important to you and when you uh, when you get back to your car don't be surprised if you haven't done your due diligence. <laughs> and this happened to me one time is that you may not be able to get out of your car. I, <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. I went hiking with uh, Brian DeLay and I can't remember where we went. I think we did a long stretch in the Smokies. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. You know, the Smokies are tough, man. You know, the smoke, Great Smoky Mountain National Park, that is no playtime. And um, I can't remember. We did a we did a kind of a pretty long hike, but we hiked all up. We hiked up and over the ridge and went around, came back up the ridge. I think we ended up in Smoke Mountain Campground. And uh, it was it was it was a long it was a long few days. And um, Smoke Mountain Campground, the trail comes out right at the campground, right? The, the it's a huge campground. The cars are there. Um, we get off the trail. I'm like, okay, Brian, see you later, man. Thanks. You know, Brian lives in Knoxville. You know, at that time, I was living in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, you know, I'd be like a nine hour, yeah. 10 hour drive, right? So get get in the car. I, I scoot up. And, you know, you, you think nothing. I mean, you're not sore when you get off the trail. You feel no. pretty good. Yeah, you feel great. Right? Because you're in motion. In motion. I sat in that car. I drove a few hours. I don't know, man, four or five hours. I can't remember. I went to the small, small little tiny gas station town, and I couldn't get out of the car. <laughs> like physically, I couldn't get out of the car, and I was I was taking my hands and putting them behind my kneecap to lift my <laughs> legs out onto the pavement you're and like what I'm, has happened here and as i'm doing that this guy is walking past my car door pretty close to me and he looked at me and he goes oh sir do you need some help <laughs> like okay but that's just that is kind no no it was kind <laughs> but i know what he thought he knew what i thought i knew what he thought and you know, I'm like, no, I'm okay. I'm just kind of sore. He goes, if you need any help, 
You just let me know. I and love I, this guy. No, I love the guy. He was great. But let's face it. You know, I mean, had I had a bucket or a tip jar, I think I could have made 20 bucks. <laughs> and I could not get out of the car. I was that sore. And so that's the importance of making sure that, you know, you you stretch. And th this happens on the AT and on the Pacific Crest Trail when people come out of their house, they get off the couch, you know, they, they've worked their dream for a minute. They've got, they've put all this amount of time and money in their gear. They forget about the one, the most important thing, and that's their body. And so you get up on the AT, you're like, uh, you know, the AT doesn't really start at the lodge. It really kind of starts on Springer. So I'll just hike the mile up to the, uh, the start. I'll hike back down. Next thing you know, man, you know, they're at, you know, they're at, you know, uh, Route 60 and uh, um, at Woody Gap. And they're like, what the heck is going on with my body? And we see it. We do trail magic up there. We see it. We go to visit. And they are walking like a pirate. <laughs> I told you the pirate would be a good addition to <laughs> With this. a patch on their eye. <laughs> okay, I didn't like, have I know. mean, there are so many things that we have not discussed in this podcast that you can do. Uh, there's so many remedies at home, balms, Epsom salts, uh, specific foods, supplements, compression socks. I mean, you name it. There are endless options out there. That's all gear stuff. But this is really the core of understanding how your body works so that you can aid to be able to use it as the piece of gear. So thank you, John. Thank you, Paula, for... Um, you know, the insight into the inspiration. Um, we are more than happy um, to do a podcast and, and hope we offer some value, not only to you, but um, to all of you out there. So as always, our pro tip in this podcast is, I know it sounds cheesy, but use hiking poles. There are enormous amounts of benefits um, generated from the use of hiking poles um, so seriously, use the hiking poles. Use hiking poles. And I'll tell you why. Is because hiking poles give you a all-around cardio movement. Okay? And so they also save your butt from falling into the drink when you're crossing a creek. Um, those rocks are really slippery. And so if you don't have something to balance yourself in, they definitely help when you're crossing, especially if the creek is going pretty quick. Um, but the thing is, it saves your knees. It saves about 20% on the compression on your knees, especially going downhill. Remember, going downhill is going to be your nemesis. That's when your hips hurt. That's when your knees hurt. That's when your toes hurt. And, you know, those hiking poles kind of save you from hitting that downhill in such a bad force. Uh, hiking poles are a great multi piece of gear too if you use a tarp like Ariana and I do <laughs> hiking poles now they're your tent poles and so and I know like the uh, the tarp tent they use hiking poles so well hiking also, poles are a great resource it's a great piece of gear and it really really helps you balance on the trail I mean it does and specifically in colder weather your muscles are already forced to work harder than you would in a milder condition. And so you're putting less strain on your muscles in general. Um, utilizing them is going to reap so much benefits. I, I remember I used to say, oh, I'll never use hiking poles. I'm young and 
and cool and I can like mountain goat this this mountain. When I started using them, I found the benefits outweighed the mental aspect of, oh, I don't need those. And it opens up balance, you know, God, it opens up so much. So a pro hiker tip, if you're not already using hiking poles, not only use them, but learn to use them effectively for the best possible um, support um, in that workout. Yeah, too. And, you know, the thing is, is that when you're not using hiking poles, what are your hands are doing? If they're in your pockets or, um, you know, if it's cold and they're in your pockets, I'm, if you trip, that's a whole second that it's going to take you to get your hands out of your pockets to, to brace your fall. The other thing, too, is that people often ask, well, when I hike, my hands get swollen. Well, they, they swell because you're your hands are below your heart and so all that blood is not being able to it's not coming back up your arm and so your hands are are, they get swollen so hiking poses are i mean it's great for your arms it's great for your shoulders it's it's great for your upper back muscles um or you could just paula abdul it all the way up the mountain you could (laughs) she was a choreographer i'm just saying you she could um, it's an alternative option to hiking poles. Yeah, we'd like to thank Paul Abdul for being a part of this podcast <laughs> today. And thank you for being a part of our outdoor community. A great suggestion, by the way. Um, but, you know, hiking poles, definitely a must. Totally recommend them. Uh, get comfortable with them because they, they really have multiple, multiple, multiple benefits to it. So, um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please post a comment on iTunes and help us spread the word about our podcast or any of your other favorite podcatchers. We'd love to hear your comments. Uh, shout out to our new Facebook members and our patrons, always Rick, Jerry, Shirley, Chuck, John, Gary, and Susan, Suzanne Johnson. Thank you guys so much for supporting our podcast. We really appreciate that. Our podcasts are always available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, Radio Public, available both iOS and Android. You can also follow us on Instagram and our Trust the Trail Facebook page. So please come and follow. We hope that 2019 is going to be an epic adventure for you guys. We really, really super, super appreciate you guys listening. Remember, the trail gives you everything you need. So, trust trust the trail. trail. We'll see you guys later. Bye.